0: This is H.P.R. episode 1789 entitled The Ubuntu Quickly eBook Template and eBooks in General. It is hosted by John Culp and is about 34
1: minutes long. The summary is John Culp and Mike Kingley talk about eBooks in general
2: and Mike's Quickly eBook Template project. This episode of H.P.R. is brought to you by AnHonestHost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code hpr 15
0: Hey everybody, this is John Culp, and I thought I should say a few words about the recording you're about to hear. This is a conversation that I had with Mike Hingley about a year ago when he reached out to me regarding his project called the Ubuntu Quickly Email, uh, sorry, email, e-book template, and uh, I thought it was a pretty cool project and something that we should talk about on HPR, so we got together on Mumble and recorded for about 25 minutes, and then for one reason or another the show never got edited and uploaded so I finally got back around to it today and I apologize for the audio quality on my end I was clipping a little bit and uh, I don't like that but uh, hopefully you can just bear with it I also apologize for what seems like my um, denseness when he's trying to explain one of his visions about this it seems like I'm misunderstanding him every time where he talks about how he would like for this project not only to be used to create an ebook, but also to get it into the Ubuntu repository so that a user could just grab it using the um, package manager and then also have the ebook updated as part of normal system updates. It's so a very, very cool idea now that I listen back on it. And uh, it irritates me that I just seem to be fixated on using the tool only to create ebooks. Um, also, uh, on the positive note, uh, he talked to me a few times in there about the Python libraries to get at, um, caliber to do some ebook conversions and so forth. And I'm glad to say that I use those all the time now and they work perfectly. And my entire ebook creation process is automated for my counterpoint books, So that's a good thing. And, um, with that, I think I will just leave you to it. Hope you enjoy this. And again, I apologize for the long delay in uploading and for the poor audio quality on my end. Multi-channel is good. Easy to Edit out coughing and things like that. All right. Um, so let's. Uh, I don't. I don't have a script or a, even a list of bullet points or anything here. I me neither. <laughs> Sounds good. So, have you recorded any HPR episodes before?
1: Uh, yeah, I did a, a, a couple. Um, I did one. Uh, what's in my bag? Obviously, I think everyone does that one. And the uh, how I got into Linux. I think everyone does that one as well. Um, I did do one about um, content packaging, which is where my uh, sort of passion lies these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a bit about books.
0: We hadn't uh, done an official start here, but we might as well start with that, I guess. Um, I'm John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana, and I'm talking to. Uh,
1: my name's Mike Hingley, and I'm in Birmingham, in the UK.
0: All right, and so I did recently an episode for HPR where I talked about my um, renovation of a 1910 counterpoint textbook for use in my counterpoint classes at the university. And I talked about the process of um, doing corrections, putting musical examples, and coming up with scripts that would help me insert examples and all these kinds of things. And um, also about my philosophies of the relative openness or not of university textbooks and things of this sort. If you haven't listened to that episode, then I guess you could go back and listen if you wanted for some more background info. But the reason I mention that is because Mike got in touch with me shortly after that episode came out and introduced me to a pretty cool package that he has written for, um, I guess it's for Ubuntu, but it looks like it could be used on any Debian-based system. Is that right?
1: Uh, pretty much yeah, I think so yeah
0: and uh, tell us what it's called and what it does
1: uh, okay thanks john uh, it's uh, uh, an ubuntu quickly ebook template uh, it's a system that allows you to create ebooks using the quickly templating system that uh, i think it's it, that's an open source project i know it's part of Ubuntu it may be available on other distros as well, but using that you can create um eBooks like EPUB files and get them onto your Kindle and all the rest of it. It's, it's challenging, but it's, it's all right.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I, I watched a screencast that you did and I remember hearing about the quickly project either right when it came out or shortly after it came out. And I don't remember which podcast I heard about it on it. It might've been the Ubuntu UK podcast or something like that. I know it was a couple of years ago, but they were talking about this really cool new package where, if you want to start a project, all you have to do is type quickly space project name, and boom, you've got this directory with all of the uh, files you need in it with the version control set up, and uh, it, it really sounded cool. I just didn't have anything to use it for. It would never would have occurred to me to use it for eBooks the way you are.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, well, the the traditional sort of uh, templates you got with it were things like Pi game apps or a GTK app, that kind of thing. So if you wanted to do those things, that's great. But one of the things I found was you could do quickly, quickly. So you could tell quickly to create your quickly template. It's really yeah. sort of meta and sort of, yeah. So that's how I started a template was to quickly, quickly something. <laughs> and basically then started taking things out and putting replacement things in. Mm-hmm. The thing I really liked about it was um, you could take your content and you could share it on Launchpad. So you could like uh, take your source files and people could then potentially repackage that themselves or add to it or fork it like a normal piece of source. And I think that's quite quite important um, for, for content. One of the things I've been... I've been sort of writing about on my blog is if we take content and put it on Google or uh, Mega Upload or whatever, we're sort of reliant upon them maintaining it. And I thought this might be an opportunity as it's the sort of fundamental building block of the operating system, the repository system that, that I was using to share it with, it would mean the content would be fundamentally sort of preserved as well.
0: It's a very cool concept, and also I could imagine that if you like, if I were working on this counterpoint book with a colleague or two or three of them, and we were all working at the same time, it would be much easier to deal with the editing and and um, updating if it were stored centrally on a repository like this, and people could um, commit their changes, and uh, all of us would always have the same version of the files.
1: Yeah, it's certainly an advantage. Um, the buying version system for Launchpad is uh, bizarre, uh, which is a distributed version system, a bit like uh, GitHub. Um, so there's no reason why you couldn't all have your own branches and then do your own updates and then merge them all together. Mm-hmm. It sort of it being decentralised reduces that sort of reliance again on a central point to store all of your data.
0: Right. And so one of the questions I had for you when you emailed me was, uh, I mean, you had mentioned that my students could track the code and get the updates via um, Bazaar or something, but I I think I mentioned that I don't think any of my students run Linux. and At least in the 13 years I've been teaching here, I might have had three or four students who actually ran it and a handful more who kind of knew what it was. But, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know about the, the, they could certainly download a finished product from there, like a, a finished EPUB or a finished AZW3 uh, file uh, from there, and there would be a central place to grab it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that is still supported on the launch pad. You can sort of still link to it. You can build sort of, build recipes. So you can say, take this source, do this stuff to it and, and give me the output. And we could use that to sort of publish your book and put that into a, a, a download location on Launchpad. Uh, but the real advantage of, say, if you were a Linux user would be if you were subscribed to that particular um, PPA or, or even if it was part of the, the distribution, any changes would be automatically pushed out to your um, your system so it would appear like a normal system update so when you switch your pc on it would say hey john's done a new version of the book would you like to download it yes please yes i would
0: <laughs> yeah that would be excellent for things like documentation of whatever i mean um if you could have things like that updated and then pushed to your kindles or your whatever readers you have
1: you could certainly see it being used for like an Ubuntu manual. I mean, what better right. way to, to maintain an Ubuntu manual than to use Ubuntu to build an Ubuntu manual?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so what when you first started this, what what was the use case that you imagined?
1: Um, I'd, I'd sort of been looking at the way distros uh, asked for help, and it seemed to be if you're a coder, great, write some, you know, fix some bugs for us. And if you're not, perhaps you could raise some bugs or do some documentation. And it seemed to be the selling point to a distro was the applications. And as a user, you, you know, you, you're there to basically big up the applications and make them better. So it all seemed to be geared towards application developers, which is fine because that's what a distro is. But I wanted, I thought, well, what about if if um, I don't write applications? What about if I'm an author? What if I'm Cory Doctorow, you know, writing my my books? Wouldn't it be cool if um, Ubuntu could sign some sort of deal where my books would be available, you know, on on Ubuntu? You wouldn't have to go to Amazon or Cory Doctorow's site or anywhere in particular to get them. They'd just be available. You'd be able to search for them. They'd be indexed, so you'd sort of search for Homeland or Little Brother or whatever and get get the book that you wanted.
0: Yeah, that that sounds... Pretty cool. I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to be using this project for, for what I have going right now, but I could definitely see maybe using it in the future. I mean, right now I've got my own uh, build process and scripts and things like that. Actually, before I talked to you, I was working on a bash script that would take my source HTML file and then run a bunch of said substitutions to make it work better on the Kindle. And I'll have to do a different script to make it work on the iOS reader that I have found. And uh, this is a, a constant source of frustration that there's so many different devices that handle these files differently. It's it's hard to make something that's going to work exactly the same on every platform. I mean, the Kindle, for example, will not render the music players. And most of the ebook readers on other platforms, I've found, also will not render... The music players in my Counterpoint book, but I found one on iOS. Actually, there's an Android version of it too. It's called Neosor, but Neosor Book, I think, N E O S O A R. And it does render the audio players. And so when I look at the book on that, I can play the music also. Uh, but it had a problem where it didn't deal with ordered lists the right way, it, it ignored my counter. Things, where I would tell it start an ordered list here, but start it at number 63. Well, it would start it at one. And so <laughs> it, it does some things well, but not everything well. And so I'm having to come up with scripts that will run a bunch of substitutions depending on what the device is that the person is going to read it on. And uh, I guess this is one of those things that could be handled in um, Launchpad. You say, like, uh, you can set up a, a build process that will run all these things for you.
1: You can, yeah. Uh, But also, have you you considered the Calibre libraries?
0: Uh, I use Calibre at some point in the... Usually that's like the last thing. But I don't know how to script with Calibre. Is there a way to to, uh, get at it from the command line?
1: Well, it's got a a Python interface, so you could just run Python, uh, a little Python script to do the thing that you wanted and just call that.
0: Uh, but I have to be inside Calibre to run it?
1: Uh, no, I think you can call it directly from um, from the command line, um, oh. just passing it in values.
0: I will have to look into that some more, because I, I really need this to be able to uh, run everything from a command line. Right now, yeah. it's a very clunky process I've got going. I'll, I'll fix, uh, I'll take my source code, run it through the script to create what I think will be a pretty good, say, Kindle file, and then I have to import it to Calibre through the Calibre interface and then do the Calibre conversion to Kindle format and then drag it over to my Kindle <laughs> to see how it looks. It's very tedious.
1: I managed to get a copy of... Um, uh, there's a virtual Kindle emulator that uh, oh, yeah? a- Amazon make available for Windows. I managed to get that to work under Wine, on under Ubuntu. You might try that. Really? That might save you having to... like use a physical kindle and stuff
0: yeah well I just got my kindle yesterday and so I'm very excited about it so right now I don't mind the tedious process because I want to see it on the device I'm so enthralled with it how great is it to
1: see a book you've written and you just like transfer it onto your kindle and it's on a proper (laughs) reading device it's like this is brilliant
0: it it really is wonderful and and this is not one that I wrote but I've done quite a lot of work on it Um, but yeah I, I like the kindle a lot
1: Yeah, I mean, I I remember the first time I wrote a a book, and it was literally a page that said, this is a book. (laughs) And I (laughs) I basically copied it by a caliber onto my Kindle. It was like, yeah, that's there. And, oh, look, it works.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty cool. I, I have an idea that I might actually, for my college classes, make Kindle versions of the course syllabi and various other documents related to the course that people can put on their... Um, Kindles or other devices right now. I just do everything in HTML because it's so universal And all my students have a phone in their pockets where they can grab stuff either that way or Whatever, but I, I really like the dedicated readers also. So I, I want to keep those in mind as I'm uh, distributing stuff
1: Yeah, it's it, it does sort of raise the, the the second question. I suppose if you're producing content what is the future of ebooks? If if uh, our devices, are, if our phones our are, uh, are e readers, if they're getting more and more permanently connected to things, is there even a point in ebooks anymore? Is it just going to be a case of when you browse to a web page and that's your book?
0: Well, I don't know. For me, at least right now, I still like the ebook format because I'm not necessarily going to be connected to the internet all the time. And I like to be able to transfer something over um and at least for the counterpoint book that i've been working on the source file is so big that it doesn't work very well if you try to access it just on your phone's web browser i mean it it works okay but it's very slow to load up because there's so many images it's a massive file It, it works much better when it's been converted to epub or to a kindle format just because it doesn't have to keep the entire thing in memory at all times I think our connection is going wacky here. I saw your lips turn red, but then something sounded like it was all broken up. Hmm.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I got that as well. Yeah. I'm oh, there still you here. Are. Um, so, so if, if <laughs> anyone's listening to this and they'd like to see your book that you've uh, been rescuing from public uh, domain sort of obscurity, uh, where can they go to to find it? Cause I've had a quick look at it and it looks amazing. <laughs>
0: Thanks, yeah. They can go to my website. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for it. Uh, I have one page on my website that is devoted to my CounterPoint projects, and there's a link to the HTML version that people can look at just in a web browser. And I also have a link to the EPUB. I'm going to add a link to the Kindle version since I have one now, and so people can look at those as well.
1: So if there's all these devices that you want to try and support with the book and stuff – is there any way we can sort of try it on different devices? If anybody out there has got like an obscure Nook or whatever, is, would that be beneficial?
0: <laughs> uh, possibly. I, I mean, I actually have um, my kids both have Nook Colors, and I have this Kindle. We don't have a, a an original Nook that uses the e-ink um i i'm always curious to see how well something's going to work on just about any device the epub format seems to be the one that's most cross-platform friendly because like, i know that i can put epubs on my kids nooks and they can read them um the kindle I, i'm not sure if the kindle will read an epub book or not uh,
1: it reads mobi. it reads moby based formats uh, but okay. you can convert your EPUB to Mobi using the caliber libraries.
0: Right. Yeah, that's what I've done so far. I mean I start with the HTML as my source and then I convert it to like well, import it to Caliber and then convert it to EPUB or AZW3, I guess is what the extension is.
1: Yeah, that's the Kindle one, isn't it?
0: Um right. But um I'm gonna have to look into these Python Libraries and uh, try to work that into my scripts to uh, to automate more of this. I, I don't like having to use a graphical interface to test the changes that I've made.
1: I definitely, I, I stumbled across it the, the other night. Uh, and I thought, oh, I really must remember to look at that because I was thinking that I could be able to use that myself. So when I publish my books, not only does it go to EPUB as it does currently, but then perhaps gets converted from there to mobile whatever format because it suddenly occurred to me like i'm producing an epub file and the kindle won't read an epub file <laughs>
0: right <laughs> so
1: the only thing currently reads it i think is fb reader which is the native built-in uh, ebook reader in ubuntu and it's a bit eh, it's not it's not mm-hmm. great well it doesn't appear to be too great that may be a little bit of me as well because my book may not be that uh, maybe not maybe not that good
0: well, FB Reader is a very bare bones e- ebook reader, and I don't like it so much on the desktop, but it's great on Android. Oh. It's very what I like about it is it's very lightweight. I mean, when you turn the page, it turns really fast, and um, you know it doesn't have a lot of fancy options, but you can hook into lots of different book sources, like uh, you can add the Gutenberg project page to your list of sources and just grab books straight from Gutenberg to FB Reader. And uh, I like it. It doesn't have some of the cool features that the Kindle Reader has on Android or, say, the Nook Reader, which will keep track of your progress through a book. And then if you start reading on another device, it'll find your place for you. So FB Reader won't do that, but as just a basic book reader, it's pretty good. I, I like it okay.
1: I started doing some research into the uh, the Amazon Cloud Reader. Have you seen that?
0: I have not tried um, it, no. Well,
1: it's like the Amazon Kindle, but in a web page. So once you've got your books in your mm-hmm. library, you can read them on the web. Um, and I actually managed to set up a, a sort of proxy, and you can actually watch the commands being sent to Amazon backwards and forwards. Yeah, it's, oh, really? it's really cool. I mean, a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense because I've had to put like a, a proxy in the middle so I can see this request to like mm-hmm. go and get book state and go to this location and stuff. But it, it strikes me that if you've got that sort of uh, API and it's just simple calls to go and get this book based by and an, all all the books in Amazon have got an ASIN number, um, which I'm assuming is some sort of identifier to the book within your library. Um, What about if you could pass in a personal document ID as opposed to a library document ID? Because one of the restrictions of Cloud Viewer is that you can only view books, not your personal documents. So if you put a book onto Kindle, uh, yes, it will track your progress on all of your readers apart from cloud. It won't Mm -hmm. show up at all. So that but that's still a good feature the the fact that once you've got your book uh, you know and your book would still support that you know but as you navigate through and read your counterpoint book, you can pick it up on the Kindle and then pick it up say on um, your phone or on a tablet or on the laptop or whatever and it sh- it should sync it across
0: yeah, I, so far, I have not tried to all I've done is put it on the Kindle device I've not tried to sync it up to my Kindle library. Online, yeah, that's that's one of the next things I should try to do. But I'm, it seems like you may have to email it to your Kindle address or something. Or I don't know. There are a number of ways you can get content onto the Kindle. One of them is through a Kindle yeah. email, and the other I've I've just been dragging it on there, connected yeah. with a USB cable. You can also. But I'm not sure f- from that how you get it up to well, the cloud. You can cloud.
1: upload it onto your Amazon Drive as well. Uh, you, there's oh, a, okay. Amazon have just done their um, sort of storage system. And as part of that, if you email any books to your Kindle at your uh, free.kindle.com address, um, it appears in your um, Amazon Cloud Drive thing. And you can also I believe, upload files directly to it.
0: Yeah, I'll have to try that. I, I looked around for a button that says uh, click here to upload a file, but I just couldn't find one. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. But I will try emailing it to my Kindle email address and see if that yeah, does I need it to
1: sort something out like that because I I've just bought the. Did you see the Humble ebook bundle recently? they just no. the Humble ebook bundle, and it's got like a, a bunch of uh, novels in there uh, by a, a load of people. I think I spent ten dollars, so not a huge amount, but for a load of books and. Um, one of the, the books on there is From Hell, which is the Alan Moore graphic novel. It's it's massive. It's like 400 meg. <laughs> so I don't fancy trying to like, email that to myself because I, I don't think it's going to work. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, one of the reasons I had not tried to email the um, CounterPoint book to my Kindle yet was that it's 37 megabytes in the EPUB version. But somehow it's only one megabyte, or maybe one point five, in the Kindle version. I think because it does not try to pull in all those audio files. Yeah, it's
1: possible, isn't it?
0: Where, yeah. Whereas the EPUB, I think, wraps them all up in there. I just have gone to the humble ebook bundle. Well, I guess there's a YouTube video that talks about it. Um, I'm going to check that out after we're done here. Maybe is still, I'll get it it still too. on? Is it? Well. I don't, it says "Humble Ebook Bundle, Pay What You Want." Let's see. Um, I'm going to click on this link here. Um well, it's hard for me to tell. I don't want to just poke around on a web page on a podcast. That's not very good radio. But um, maybe I'll have to check it out later and maybe record a podcast about it if I <laughs> like it. <laughs> Well, uh, is there anything else for us to talk about with respect to um, your project? Oops. How, how would people get a hold of your um, project? What did you call it again? The, um, quickly ebooks. books Oh, I think I lost you again, Mike. We may have to do some editing to get these things back. Ah, are you there? I see red lips coming on. But I don't hear Mike. Yoo hoo!
1: Hello. I'm still here.
0: Oh, there you are. Wait. Now I lost you again.
1: I'm st- I'm still here. Aha,
0: good. Okay, there. Now I hear. I you. think
1: whenever I alt tab, I was just going to alt tab and see if I've still got the the humble ebook uh, oh. template, uh, the humble ebook page open on my browser, but. Um, uh, I think whenever I tab, my machine decides it's going to kill the internet.
0: Oh, whoops! That's
1: no, I think that's, that's not a, a good feature. feature. <laughs> 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 it's not too bad.
0: So maybe think, we can, maybe we can come up with a link for the show notes to go to the yes, humble ebook yes, you bundle. Assuming it's
1: still on. But, uh, and if people aren't aware, it's definitely a, a good resource to look at because it's a pay what you want, pay what you think it's worth ebook system it's pretty cool
0: yeah so um, tell people again what your project is called and how they can get it it's
1: the Ubuntu quickly ebook and play it's on launchpad there'll be a link in the show notes I'll send you a link Um, if you want to read more about my experimentations with content packaging including how I packaged the whole of Linux reality to go onto launchpad <laughs> uh, you can hit. Oh, it's it's great. That sounds good. You can find me at uh, titaniumbunker.com
0: Cool. Uh, well, that's that's. Uh, I've got twenty six minutes on the recorder here, so okay. maybe we should and John, call it quits. If people
1: want to find out more about your book and uh, your writings. Where can they find about you?
0: That would be at jonathanculp.org dot org. J O N A T H A N k-u-l-p dot o-r-g that's my website and all kinds of stuff to bore you with there include you can also one of the the most recent posts there you can find out how i made a door knocker for my front door out of old skateboard and bicycle parts (laughs) (laughs) all right great you Very too, nice Johnson. meeting you, Mike. Thanks for getting in touch with me after my episode. I'm, I'm glad we got to get together cool. and record one. Thanks, here.
1: John. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. Talk to you later.
2: You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at HackerPublicRadio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday.